I guess I was pretty horny. What's in the bag? A shark or something? Oh, no, not the beast! God damn it! How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I'm a vampire. Kill me. Fucking files! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten to you? Pissed! Blood! That's our boy Nicholas fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table hello hello this episode is brought to you by the letter p for post-mortem depression post-mortem <laughs> post-mortem depression is that when your body starts to rot and it starts that's to how cave? i feel okay okay the the polls are in i know i was gonna say let's introduce the polls so people know what kind of tone we're fucking going into okay listen i feel angry for some reason <laughs> it's okay. i was so angry in the car i started off i was talking to my dad on the phone on the way home from work and i was like i have this new project in place like i'm so excited and then i just started ranting about my life shit and like we both talked to our dads on the drive home today <laughs> yeah and i got so angry though it's like I wasn't even sad. I was talking about stuff that made me sad, and then it made me angry, and then at the end I cried. And See, I was like, I cried too. I was like, okay, I guess that that's a thing that's gonna happen now. I texted my brother though, and while I was on the phone with my dad, and I was like, I made the mistake of talking about my anxiety and depression to dad, and now he's making me more stressed. No. So I was crying. My dad was trying to comfort me, and I was like, no, Sam. <laughs> You're making it worse. Because I was like, I'm not really looking for advice. He's like, oh, no, 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 definitely. But let me tell you about my life. So I was like, I need to hang up with you. I was like, I, I know you're trying to relate to me on like a personal level, but like. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. so should we start over? No, I like where it started. Too much trauma. Going. The polls are in. What are the polls? The polls are because I thought we were not going to be like enjoying this movie that we watched today, which isn't entirely true. So I put out a poll that asked what we should talk about instead. And only 10% of users wanted to hear about my fungal infection. <laughs> well, it said 12. It said 10. Oh, I thought it said 12 in the it, screenshot it, you sent it, me. It said 10. It's 10. We can still talk about, we can talk about all four of those things. The movie wasn't very long and intense. It was just good. It was just good. Like we enjoyed it, but we can. We're gonna mostly be talking about. Well, what are the what are the options? The options for the poll are the Coppola family tree, Nick's failed marriages, our personal strife, and my fungal infection. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> it's ongoing. Thanks. It's ongoing. Thanks. <laughs> She holds her phone up. Why'd you do that? <laughs> My arms are just up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, by a landslide, people want to know about our personal strife. So I'm coming in angry, sad, hyper, depressed. We will discuss the movie, but this episode's also going to be a lot about us. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about this. Like, you guys know we love Nick Cage, but we're not that one dimensional. I am. You should see my bedroom. I'm si we're sitting next to two I, okay my birthday was last week we didn't mention this but my birthday was last week and not only did I already have two Nick Cage pillows which if you follow the insta you know I have a picture of me sitting on my bed but I got a third one which is one I already have and then from two separate of my clients I got those fucking sequin red sequin Nick Cage pillows do you hear this it's that He's and bleeding. they're addicting. So now I have those two. I have two fucking coasters. There's a Nick Cage thing. I ordered, I made myself a Nick Cage pop socket today, 
I got three pillows on my bed, so I have five pillows. Asia bought me a beautiful fucking present and had to call the post office. I think that the my U.S. Postal Service. My gift for Marta got stolen, which is a real goddamn shame because it is actually like a hand painted, huge canvas print of Nicolas Cage's Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I am one dimensional, but other than I mean, <laughs> but it's like we love Nick Cage and we're depressed, right? So we like we. I think we're both having a personal relationship with him, watching him grow up and feel so close to him because as of right now, I think he's the most consistent man in our life. Oh yeah, by far. Maybe my dad? I was going to say, and our and our roommate who loves us very much and sometimes it's awful. No, Wait, I'm kidding. Tanner? Take it out. <laughs> Tanner won't even stay with us. Tanner left. Tanner left us. He gave me a hug before he left and he was like, I got an early morning. He didn't touch me. <gasps> Whatever. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you jealous. It's okay. I'm not jealous. Tanner, if you're listening, you need to treat us better. <laughs> <laughs> He's not listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be tangential. I'll be gentle. <laughs> I can't believe I said post-mortem depression. <laughs> oh, man. What is it called? Postpartum. Postpartum. <laughs> After you give birth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like what I was my, going Like for. in my dream last night? Postmortem depression is just what everyone else around you feels when you die. <laughs> Nate Fisher. <laughs> Us watching. Wait. Oh, I forgot. Oh, my God. Don't bring up Six Feet Under. I'm, I'm not. Sorry. I'm never going to be okay. I'm sorry, everyone. Spoilers. I have a really hard time. I've discovered this tonight when I was talking to my dad. And I think that's why I started crying. He's like, I think you have abandonment issues. And I, I was like, my dad told me that. <laughs> but he was very present in my life, unfortunately. But he, <laughs> oh, he was like, I think you have abandonment issues. And I was like, oh, my God. It, that's why I feel everything when Game of Thrones ended. When oh. Avengers was ending. When I, so I'm still not over six feet under. I'm like, I got distraught after every, whenever everything ends. I mean, that, I definitely feel like. <laughs> it's that, all leaving me. I feel like definitely a sense of abandonment. We're getting real deep here. That's <laughs> basically the reason I had like a mental breakdown last spring. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Trigger warning? <laughs> Drama. It's okay. I'm fine. We're trauma ease artists. I was trying to figure out how to combine trapeze and trauma. Although I do, I do want to say because I feel like I haven't said this in like a super public forum. I've said this to people before, but I feel like, at least I'm. I feel like I'm one of those people who you don't necessarily know is kind of fucked up. And yeah. I wish I could. I wish I was more comfortable like sharing that in like a social media-esque forum like this is weird because like i'm not gonna i'm gonna try to like not edit as much of this out but i'm still right. probably gonna be really insecure about right, it and like take it out but it's like i do want to like talk to people because it's like we're all coping and we're all healing and we're all struggling and it's like you're not alone even though i felt really fucking alone last year yeah but it's like i want to be more open because i feel like it helps people it does well it does and that's why like i'm i'm okay with being like oh let's laugh about like our drama whether it be intense or not whether it's minor or big because i the podcast i like is like when when they start talking about their anxieties or their problems or whatever yeah. and i'm like oh shit me too they're like, like they're real they're real and i like i don't think people know we're real yet guys we're real someone's yelling outside <laughs> I get, we both got so scared so fast i for some reason i couldn't tell i was like did my stomach just gargle <laughs> i had no idea and then i was like i think i have to fart i don't know what's happening 
Um, it's all the sorrow leaving your body. It's all the sorrow leaving my body. I don't know. Are you my sorrow? <laughs> my friend sent me that book the other day. No shit. Who was it? Someone sent me a picture of the, are you my mother? I don't know who it was. I thought I showed you. I can't remember. I think it was Michelle. What's up? I love her. <laughs> um, Come back. She will be back. Anyways. So the movie that we watched this week <laughs> is called Never on a Tuesday. Never on a Monday. Oh, wait. Is today Tuesday? Fuck. Oh, shit. We fucked up we so hard. <laughs> no, it's good. 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 Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday, guys. Almost. Is it? Oh, it's still Tuesday? It's still Tuesday. Yeah. So we watched it on Tuesday. Never on a Tuesday. Always. we did. So this movie came out. We're going to like go back and forth into the movie. We're going to honestly discuss the movie mostly towards the end because Nick is in it for not even a fucking minute. I literally, literally think it's like 45 seconds. Probably. Maximum. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Although mm. the 45 seconds were fucking amazing. Oh, it was outstanding. I came three times. I, and then we rewound it. Oh, yeah. And, and then I... <laughs> Uh, I was about to get so graphic, so no. Oh, okay. Let's make me drink it. We're all being <laughs> honest tonight. <laughs> me and Asia, we've had, you know, we've had three guests the last few weeks. It's too many. It's back to us. <laughs> it's back to just us. And the next few, we don't have another guest for a while, so the next few episodes is going to be us trying to, like, reconnect with each other. Oh, my God, I miss you so much. I'm, I was literally just thinking, like, a couple of days ago, like, <laughs> It's just farted in my general direction. <laughs> As she's talking about how she misses me. That's the first that's the first part of the podcast. Aw. So I'm, cute. I tried to cover it. You can use my um my Dr. Scholl's odor spray. These are my pillows. Oh yeah. She farted on my pillow. <laughs> They've been in my room for so long I forget. It's okay. They work really well. They're from Pier One. Mm. You're welcome, Anna. Mm. <laughs> um what were you saying oh i was just i think i was just saying that i haven't spent a lot of good quality time with you we went to target but we were stressed i know i i can't go shopping when i'm upset like i don't know why i choose to do that it's okay because the second i get around people if i'm already overwhelmed or like dead Mm -hmm. i just want to like die well second i'm there it was also hot and there was a dodgers game and we had to walk more than we were supposed to oh yeah i was just so upset (laughs) there was traffic I felt numb to everything around me. <laughs> so as we were there, I was like, I guess I'll get a Lunchable. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, at the Target on Figueroa, can you please fix your fucking entrance? Because I don't like walking down all those stairs. No, I had to use an elevator and an escalator. There were too many children in there. Oh, my God. Well, there's too many children in Los Angeles. Period. There are no children here. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. Remember that movie or that book? Well, it's a movie, too. Oprah loves it. What the hell are you talking about? There are no children here? No. It's a book that we had to read in high school. It's about the um, the projects in Chicago, like the main ones, mm. and like the, the four buildings, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's the idea of like there are no children here because it's about kids being raised there, and they can't be kids oh. because they're seeing so much that they've yeah. like been treated as adults. So I always are like, there are no penguins here. We can't. Oh, girl. <laughs> you ever see much of the penguins? There are no penguins here. There are no penguins here. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about the family Okay, tree. but anyway, back to the uh, the Coppolas. Yeah. So one I kind of the... like using this as a, like a forum to just do shit. No, it's good. It's nice. This is why we started this. This is not why we came here, but it's why we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, big hit on the Twitter account. By the way, please follow us because I shit post constantly and retweet stupid and shit. And Asia's definitely the funnier of the two of us. So, like, 
go see her in her best medium, which yeah. is Twitter. Well, because especially because like there is a pipeline to me posting ugly selfies there. So what? Yeah. I don't even. I need to get on it more, dude. I only post I'm, I'm, selfies from a low angle in the front. <gasps> it's the best angle that I have. I just threw up. So anyway, big winner on the Twitter poll. Yes is talking a little bit about the Coppola family because there are many of them and most of them are famous and involved in film and each other's films. So, for example, I'm pretty sure almost everyone in Francis Ford Coppola's immediate family was in the Godfather movie. Oh, shit. At some point. Oh, okay. Like in the Godfather trilogy? Yes, throughout. Throughout So, like, obviously, Talia Shire is Michael and Sonny and... Uh, Fredo's sister, which is oh, Adrian, Adrian. Yeah, she's from the Rocky series also. Um, and then it's like, oh, his, well, who is she? Who is she in? It would be his aunt, Nick's aunt. Yes, yes. So she's Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Yes. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. So oh, so that's we're starting there. Yeah. I saw the paper you drew out, and it looks intricate. No, yeah, c- c- because I started at. Francis Ford Coppola's mother and father, because like even his mom and dad were involved with the making of The Godfather. Like his dad is a composer and did stuff for The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and and The Outsiders also. Oh, and like his mom always played extras and she's like the face of his like pasta sauce that he invented or created or has a brand for or whatever. Okay. Um. But yeah, from the start, basically, the grandparents are even like involved, if not directly, like in the circle. So his, so Francis Ford Coppola's dad is the composer. Yes, and his mom is the face of the pasta. Yeah, <laughs> and she and she played um, Mama Corleone's dead body. Lit. <laughs> She's like, I had the best day on set. I just laid there. I, I laid there. I supported my son. I got paid. So, yeah, so then obviously Nicolas Cage is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. And, oh, my God, it's so much. I don't even. Sh- okay. Sh- let's start. Let's start from the head. So we got the parents. Parents. And then Francis Ford Coppola, his sister is Adrian. And then. And what other siblings does Francis have? He has um, August, which is Nicolas Cage's dad. Okay. So it's just the three of them? It's just the three of them. Okay. And then, so... Do you know the age ranking of who's uh, oldest? Honestly, no? I, I'm so dumb because I didn't write that down. That's okay. I mean, there's so much information yeah, that you there's, have. Yeah, there's so much, but... I'm just like, I want to know every, when were they born, <laughs> how were they conceived, what happened. Where were they conceived? <laughs> Where were they conceived? In the barn. <laughs> In the barn. <laughs> In the hayloft. On pasta. On on a giant fucking wheat grass field of pasta. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was um, throwing words in there to try to figure no, something clever right. out. Agriculture, okay. good. <laughs> so I would definitely say, in just like looking at all of this, that Nicolas Cage's like side of the family, like his dad and his siblings, they're probably like the least creative. Okay. Like they're the people that are extras, like in Vampire's Kiss. Nick's parents? His brother, actually, is an... Nick Cage's brother? Yeah. He's been extras in Vampire's Kiss, Apocalypse Now, and Leaving Las Vegas. Who Do you know who he was in Vampire's Kiss? He he was like a joking... Is he the one who stared at the fucking camera? Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. That's a good theory. I think it is. Um, It said he was like the joking man. Oh, okay. Maybe he was one of the mimes. I don't know. Oh. They're also weird in that family. Okay. They are. And then his other brother, Christopher, is just sort of like a 
director producer type he hasn't done anything super notable um obviously like the most I don't know it's definitely like Francis Ford Coppola and and Talia Shire like the people who have like the actors and everything in them because like Francis Ford Coppola's I think his oldest son he died at 22 in like a horrible boating accident but but his fiance was like two months pregnant with his daughter and that's Gia Coppola who directed Palo Alto okay I'm already so wild okay (laughs) that's the one with um James Franco is it is it James Franco I think it's James Franco Edward or uh, Emma Roberts Emma Roberts and is Evan Peters in that? Oh, he might be, but James Franco like wrote part of that book, I think. Oh, oh, okay. And then he went to go teach at Palo Alto High School. Jesus Christ! And probably, st- I bet he was the same. I probably. bet it was the same character trait. Probably. He was like, "I'm gonna go teach my book at this high school, and I'm gonna hook up with high school kids." <laughs> Hollywood guys. James Franco. But then his second son, Roman is literally like Wes Anderson's co-writer. We're talking we're still talking about Francis Ford Coppola's son. Direct kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Roman co-wrote The Darjeeling Limited, Moonrise oh, no Kingdom, shit. and Isle of Dogs. Oh shit. And he's done like additional directing with Wes Anderson, so he is like assistant director. I don't really actually understand production, but He's listed under additional directing. Oh, that's outstanding. And he does that with Wes Anderson and yeah. also with um, Sophia, who's his sister. And obviously, Sophia Coppola is right. a director and did, like, The Virgin Suicides, etc. Right. And she did the third um, Godfather. Oh, did she? Yeah. She did the third one. Oh. that I mean, that makes sense. And that's why it's trash. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't even seen it. I just hate it so much for no reason. Also, I learned that she was married to Spike Jones for four years. Stop. <gasps> I didn't even mean to open this. I'm so sorry. You said that. No, no. You said Spike Jones and that came up at the same time. And you're like, wow, yes. <laughs> it's a picture of a dog in a swing. It's a really fat little dog. I'm sorry. That doesn't need to happen. Okay. It's okay. But yeah. I was trying to pull up IMDb to see if I was right. So that's it for Francis Ford Coppola's children. Okay. So then Talia Shire, she was married to David Shire, who was also a songwriter and composer. And he did parts of Saturday Night Fever, actually. So he's kind of like, he didn't have like a ton of like well-known stuff, but like that's a pretty big one to have. He's like, like, I know John Travolta from before Face Off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So kind of like, keep me in the family in the loop. Oh my God. It's this seven degrees of kevin bacon but then she got married to fucking jack schwartzman who is jason schwartzman's dad so literally jason schwartzman and nicholas cage are cousins what yeah have they ever been in anything together i don't know someone (laughs) can anybody help me (laughs) oh fuck so yeah so basically like Jason Schwartzman, and then his, I think, his uncle. Wait, so, okay, so Jason Schwartzman is in, like, majority Wes Anderson films, so then that, oh, is that what you were about to say? Yeah, his, yeah, so it's So like, his uncle wrote those and then cast him? It's actually, so his uncle's, his cousin, his cousin, Roman, co-writes, oh, okay. and then he stars in the movies. In the Wes Anderson flicks, wow. Yes, and then they have another brother, uh, Robert, who, I don't know if you know the band Rooney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the lead singer of Rooney. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wait. 
Yeah, and he's in The Princess Bride. Yes. That's, I did not know they were related. Something. Bruni's fantastic because it reminds me of the days when I thought that I had to spend money on Hollister when I was in junior high. Wow. And also because I was obsessed with Ferris Bueller, obviously, and that's how they got the name for their brand. Deeply precious. of President, no, Principal Rooney. (laughs) (laughs) President Rooney. Fuck. Um, I also, okay, so also I forgot to mention, because Sofia Coppola remarried, obviously. She was married to Spike Jones for four years. Okay. Do you know the band Phoenix? Yeah. She's married to the lead singer Phoenix. What? Yeah. How old is he? I don't know. I always feel like they sound so young, but He's, I know that they're really no, not. No, I mean, she's almost 50, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say there's, she's only almost 50? Mm-hmm. I think she's 48. How is she younger than Nick Cage? And she starred in, we're talking about Tashalia? No, we're talking about Sophia. Oh, Sophia. His oh, cousin. Oh, 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 his oh, oh, oh. cousin. Okay, that's fine then. And then, I'm sorry, because we're going to jump. Is her name Tashalia? Did I say it right? Talia, yeah. Talia. Talia is. Talia, um, what's her last name? Shire. That's where I, Tashalia. There's another connection, but I guess it doesn't really directly have to deal with the Coppola family. It, we have okay. to start talking about Never on a Tuesday to get there. Oh, okay. So then who, is there any, there's not really anybody on the Nick side? This is everybody? So, yeah, so that's everybody, because um, past that, everybody is basically in their 40s. Okay. So their kids are like 10. Right. So they haven't done There's anything. no Mozarts? Not yet. Oh, fuck. They're in the woodworks. Like Young Sheldon? None of these fucking Excuse shows? Me? Young Sheldon? <laughs> Some really good kid actors on that. I've never watched it. Me neither. Is it a Big Bang Theory spin off? Yeah. We've had a couple of our kid actors have been on episodes, and Big Bang, I mean, Big Bang Theory is like. The highest paid right now, like television show that's, that's so running. Strange to me because I just hate I, it so much. It's it's not the best. It was good in the beginning. Yeah, it was. It needs to stop, <laughs> and I think it's about to. And my dad finds a way to relate every conversation to either Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, um, <laughs> his men's gathering group, or <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Excuse me. Every conversation. Wow. I'd be like, one time, Sheldon. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Wow, I love it. We, I love my dad. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. He's just a character, and we can't help but make fun of him, but I love him. It's all right. We're all characters here. It sounds like everything I was saying was so negative towards him. No. Anyway, so. Shall we talk about the film? I think so. We did a good job discussing why we are sad and love each other, and then learned a little bit more about where Nick's seed comes from and where else it's planted. His seed? His seed. <laughs> His seed. <laughs> She's so angry. Basically nepotism. <laughs> All of it. But like it's good. Like nepotism is great. I mean, it's 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 got its ups and downs. It's kinda like incest. It's like it's either really good <laughs> it's or kind really of not. Bad. No, but it's just favoritism. Sorry, everyone. It's like incest. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, but it's like it's kind of cool because it's like I always really loved Francis Ford family. Coppola. No, <laughs> I always really loved Francis Ford Coppola, and obviously I'm a fucking Nick fanatic. Nick fanatic, and Wes Anderson is my homie. Yeah, well, I'm glad I I didn't realize that he ties in with Wes Anderson because I know I mentioned this during the Raising Arizona episode, but who's tied for my first favorite directors is Wes Anderson or the Coen brothers. Those are like my go-to 100% love all their movies. And they're so drastically different from each other, but 
I can't decide. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, it was Wes Anderson and Coen Brothers were a close second. And then I was like, who am I kidding? They're, I like them both equally. It's just a different kind of love. Yeah. Well, because Wes, I mean, this isn't a Wes Anderson podcast, but like he's it, probably one of my favorite directors. And oh, like, he's, he's very aesthetic and he loves symmetry. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a ton of parallels, to like Stanley Kubrick <laughs> stuff. And like, but it's like cute, you know? So, I went whoa, to film school. So, whoa, me too. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we met. Um, but then she went to real film school and then I didn't. Um, I saw this the other day. Guys, have you heard? Have you seen? Is it true? I knew you would know because I only saw this on a Hulu ad and I saw like the last second of it. So, I, I haven't looked up the trailer or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think you told me this. Are they remaking The Shining starring Ewan McGregor? Because I saw the fucking trailer. I think, okay, I don't, they're not remaking it. it said coming to theaters. Okay, so there's a movie coming out. um, It's supposed to be a sequel. Oh, to Room 104, or 20, whatever, 237? No, to to The Shining. Oh, sequel to The Shining. It's a a direct sequel, not to the Stephen King version of it, but to Mm. the Stanley Kubrick movie. And I'm pretty sure uh, Ewan McGregor is playing... A grown-up Danny. <gasps> yeah. I, like, one of my nipples got hard, and my right leg got... Extremely uh, numb. Extremely numb. And she's having a stroke now. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? That's amazing. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think they're going to hear it. I hope that you guys will be able to hear the farts. <laughs> no. No. No, I will not me. <laughs> so, we watched this movie tonight. <laughs> it's called Never Had How Far Are We? What time? How many times? 30. Oh, nice. Um, so, we watched this movie called Never on a Tuesday. Uh, it was super hard to find, so we watched it in 480p. Asia was kind <laughs> enough to look it up and find it for us. Okay, it was literally between this or watching it on YouTube with Spanish subtitles. Nah. Burnt this in. Was, this was fine. No, I, I enjoyed this quite burnt a lot. In. <laughs> burnt in. Burnt <laughs> in. He's a burnt donkey. Um, <laughs> um, so it was fine. It was like a four by three and everything. And actually, this movie was so much fun. It was like, I said, I was like, it feels like, and maybe it's because it was like pixelated and the big hair and like the 80s, like soft focus and shit. But mm. I was like, this whole movie feels like a Bonnie Tyler music video. No, I, I definitely feel like this. So it's, so it came out in eight, 1889. Yeah. Uh, um, April 13th, 1889. 1989. 1989. <laughs> that was a Who are, on my it's part. It's officially Wednesday. So yeah, came out 1989. <laughs> Straight to VHS, no the- theatrical release. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and it's Alan Rifkin, the director's debut film. Okay. And I didn't get, there's not a ton of info um, on Wikipedia, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was like a music video director. It feel, it felt, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that hurt. It was like a hiccup. I don't know what it was. It felt like that. That would would have been the case. The only other things that I really saw that, Alan Rifkin has done is he directed he directed a movie in 2017 with Burt Reynolds in it called like The Last Superstar The Last Samurai The Last Samurai <laughs> um and he also wrote the movie Underdog with about the dog superhero he's wearing like a cape <laughs> the dog the dog I don't know this one it's basically like if Superman was a dog <laughs> Okay. 
But um, yeah, this this had like a, a like a nice grad film feel to it. It did, but not but well executed. But yeah, but not in the same way as Vampire's Kiss. I I actually so I was just talking to Bailey, our um, neighbor in Chinatown, who I'm trying to collaborate with on a short film in the coming weeks, and I was kind of telling her and Andrew actually that you have like three chances to make a film good mm-hmm. and it's like if you shoot it well yeah if you have good actors yeah. and if you have good editing yeah and honestly i would throw lighting into that too because once you fuck it up on set there's no i mean you can try but no yeah but like yeah. but pr- production wise like yeah. you you either have to like have a good production day yeah. or really good actors and and good editing and solid editing that yeah. can, you can just tie it all together ideally you want to at least have good editing and one of the first two yeah i feel like vampire's kiss felt like a grad film with none of that none of the above none of the above i feel like this one had pretty bad acting it was okay it was like really campy but like in a nice way it was it was conscious of what it wanted to be yeah and so like the -the over-the-top acting was like funny because it was clearly over the top it wasn't like Vampire's Kiss where it was like, he's going to be over the top because he wants to get recognized. Yeah. It's like, this is over the top because we're making fun of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And because I think their acting was like pretty decent as far as like the. Yeah, it was okay. Her acting was good. Her acting was great. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else sucked. Um, and Charlie Sheen. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I'm so getting the Nick pillow too. So the thing about, I know I keep playing with it's it. It's going to be so loud. You guys, we're just stroking our pillow. We're touching the sequence. It's Nick's face. So basically, this movie, Elevated Grad Film, mm-hmm. it's about these two guys who are traveling from Ohio to California to meet and supposedly bang chicks. Yep. When they actually bang with their car into a hot chick's car. <laughs> Metaphor. Wow, fuck. Um, they crash into this girl on the road and they get stranded in the desert. In Joshua Tree. <laughs> in, in like Joshua Tree, basically. And... Uh, their hijinks involve them like throwing the pigskin around and they tell ghost stories and they wait for people to pass by and almost everyone that passes by is a cameo of a famous actor. It literally is. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell who the cop was, but I know like he reminded me of like David Arquette, but I know it wasn't him. So I actually I looked up all the cameos and the first one is Nicolas Cage, which is amazing. And he has He's a fake off the bat. He has a fake nose, but I want to come back to him. Oh, yeah. We're going to – we'll dive into he, – he's 45 seconds. We can dive into it. Yeah. And then Gilbert Godfrey was there as yep. a toothbrush salesman. Oh, outstanding. Um, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was there. As a fuck boy. Oh, oh my God. He literally, like, robs them at knife point. Yeah. Um, Emilio Estevez, he, Judd and, – and Judd Nelson. Oh, that was Judd Nelson? Yeah. I was trying to figure out who that was. And then also Carrie Yules. I don't know who that is. He is Wesley from The Princess Bride. <gasps> yeah. Who? I think he might be the cop. If you if you couldn't tell, like that's the only one I. I oh can think really? It might be. Oh, that had to have been him. Which the God, he's so hot. Which the thing is is um his stepdad financed everything. Oh yeah. okay. Like nepotism. He, he yeah exactly nepotism. Nothing gets made without nepotism. I know, which Hence, sucks. if we're able to do any of the things that we want to do with this podcast, I'm not going to say it in case it doesn't happen. That is also nepotism. <laughs> truth. Deep and unseated truth. Yeah. 
It's okay. Thanks everyone who's helped us with this podcast. Oh my god, um, no, I'm so great, dude. Nepotism is the best. I I don't have anyone cool or famous or remotely financially stable, not let alone wealthy. So um, anybody who helps me do anything is outstanding. For, first of all, you're a fool, but second of all, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gracious. Um, um, wow, we're so in sync. Always. Okay, so what I thought was interesting is I kind of was under the impression just from what uh, the synopsis was of this film, mm-hmm. which oh, I guess we should have read it. It's okay. I mean, I, we kind of kind of just did it. Yeah. Um, what I thought what of the synopsis of the film, I thought it was gonna feel like a sure thing with John Cusack. Oh, okay. Which is a fantastic movie. Nice. Because his whole thing is he's like that movie is like. I'm going to go out west and find the sure thing, which means, like, oh. a hot blonde chick who will fuck me and who's down and it's a sure thing. Like, cool girl. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of, like, what these guys are like, we're going to go Ohio- or go from Ohio, we're going to drive to California to find the babes. And in the opening scene, they literally have a noogie fight and then crash into this bitch's car and off the bat find out that she's a lesbian and that there's no chance and she's like the most hot beautiful woman ever. Well cuz it's like it's prefaced literally by them like <gasps> oh yeah. It's literally like a 16 millimeter film montage of them being like looking at girls asses and just uh, being beach. like and just being like dude we're not going there for the palm trees we're going there for these california legs like <laughs> these so california fucking, legs. Like it's it's just ridiculous and then the first time we actually see them, they're driving away in a car with a bumper sticker that literally says <gasps> California or boobs. I forgot that that's how we opened that. Like with that opening sequence and then that fucking sticker, I looked at Asia and I was like, I love this movie because it's yeah. got like the best 80s music. I don't know how they got a lot of. Yeah, they got a lot of like actual famous songs. There was definitely like money behind this. Well, because the opening song, like when she gets out of the car is. Oh, which song was it? Well. When they crash into her, they're just stopped at the side of the road. And I at first thought it was going to be Nick because I knew he was he's not listed as a credited character. Like he's credited in it, but he's not listed as a um, like he doesn't have a name. He's just like guy in red car, nice red Corvette, red, red sports car. And so when the red car stopped, I got so excited and it turned out to be like the super hot blonde chick who plays the voice of Helga in fucking Atlantis. Atlantis. I was like, yes, mama. Yes. Um, and then immediately after that, they're like waiting on the side of the road for like maybe three minutes, like yeah. not three minutes film time, like three minutes real life. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick Cage rolls up and he's like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> it's I, so good. I'm ready to dive Marta in. Marta put it on the Instagram. I put it on Twitter. I'm going to save it. Oh, I have to, I'm going to save it so that it's in there. Yeah. In the movies. So if you need to find it, it'll be in our highlights, but. Asia's reaction is so pure. I mean, both of our reaction is so pure. It was just so ridiculous. Like, he was like, is everyone okay? And they were like, yeah, we're good. And he's like, can I give anyone a ride? (laughs) It's like he was really straining. And then I guess, like. Then he starts laughing ridiculously, gets it off and pulls away. Well, because, like, the guy makes a joke about, like, oh, no, we we got this handled and, like. Makes, oh. like, a fucking, like, he's humping the, like, hood of the trunk or something. Like, yeah, we're going to bone this girl. And that's why Nick starts laughing like that. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And he goes, he's okay, like, bye. <laughs> he gets in his car and drives away. He's wearing this big-ass prosthetic nose. And oh, has my God. His and his hair. hair still. Oh, yeah, his long hair from Vampire's Kiss, but it's, like, parted down the middle. And so he looks terrified. Did you see? Because I know when I was, like, oh, maybe we'll skip this one, like, when we first started. Mm-hmm. But then I was, like, but then I saw... 
like a screen grab of his what character. he looked like and i was like we have to fucking watch this yeah did you ever see it or no i can't i can't remember if, i think i might have refrained from showing it the to screen you. grab like did you know that that's what he was gonna look like no. when he got out see i knew and so i was like getting ready because mm-hmm. i was like i can't wait to see it in real life because i saw like just a picture of it mm-hmm. but i'm so glad I, I think i wanted to hold it away from you because i wanted you to witness the chaos of whatever the fuck is happening honestly i was like I was thinking about this last night mm-hmm. for a very specific reason. But, okay, so a little bit about Marta from the perspective of Asia Garmin. Oh. Marta hates spoilers. She likes going into things completely blind. And I've given her a really hard time about it in the past because I get excited and I just want to fucking talk about everything I see. But high key, I was watching a trailer on Netflix last night for a movie that looked vaguely interesting to me. And then a twist got revealed in the trailer that made it like so cool and made me want to watch it more. But I was like, I wish I had just started this movie and then found out halfway through. Yeah. I've just had bad experiences in the past, and that's why I'm so against it. Yeah. But honestly, I think it's gotten worse because I can sense how much you you hate that I hate it. And so it just causes us problems. No, I mean. nobody else, I, I don't have this problem with anybody else. I think that the thing that we run into problem with is anything that has source material to it already that I know of. That yeah. I want to be like speculative and be like, oh, I wonder how it's going to be different from this. And right. you're like, no, 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 I don't want to hear anything. And I'm right. like, but it's because I don't even know any of that stuff. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Which I, I totally, I totally understand. I gave up though by the eighth season of Game of Thrones when everybody was like, oh, because we were all kind of experiencing it together. And I honestly gave up on it anyways. And I was like, I'm fine with hearing fan theories. Because like yeah. originally I didn't even want to hear theories because I wanted to be shocked by the outcomes. But, um, spoiler, it wasn't even fucking shocking. Yeah, okay. Okay, since we kind of, like, had (laughs) tangenty things going on this whole episode, I just want to say right off of the bat that I was not on the Game of Thrones bandwagon for a really long time. I started watching it with one of my ex-boyfriends, like, eight years ago, and then I vowed never to watch it because he dumped me. Yeah. Oh, I dude, I did the same with Parks and Rec. And so I, I I watched, like, the whole series in, like, a month. Yeah, she because I was rewatching it because I rewatch it every year, and I was like, Asia, watch it with me, and so she's like, all right, I'll catch up to you, and this bitch like went like twenty four seven a day to get caught up, and yeah. did it in like a month for seven seasons, yeah, well, six seasons because we caught up in the six seasons, yeah. So I I watched hella TV like and I and I don't usually watch TV. I'm not one to binge, honestly. Oh really? And not really. I binge a lot. I, I like we watch watching, a lot of TV in this house. I like watching miniseries. Like I watch. I like oh. things with like an end. I guess. Oh, Marta oh, doesn't. <laughs> Abandonment issues. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I I watched all of it, and I went into the into the eighth season being fucking stoked because I'd never watched a season with everyone else, mm-hmm. and I was so sad and disappointed with the season. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't really think that that's a hot take. I know that like my coworker Nathan, bless his heart, he'll argue with me because he loved the books, etc. But it's like. They killed so many good things about the series in, like, two episodes. Yeah. So much buildup. Well, so much buildup, but also, like, for the rest of us, we waited two years for this. Oh, yeah. And, and it was awful. That's, yeah. So that's the other thing is, is um, like, I watched it in a month. I can't even imagine, like, if I had kept watching if it. If you had to wait. Well, if I had kept watching it on from, like, 2012. Yeah. I would be like, damn, really? Yeah. So it's like I'm disappointed from like the perspective of somebody who's just like, all right, let's get this out of the way. It's like when the Twilight movies were getting big and I was like, all right, I'm gonna read all the books. Let's see what this fucking hullabaloo is about. And 
I love them. <laughs> Another quick side tangent. Everyone's going to hate us this episode. They're either going to love it or fucking hate it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit of I think we should be nominated for an Emmy. I, <laughs> for an Emmy? <laughs> Why an Emmy? Oops. Oh. <laughs> she kicked the mic at Bell. It's not going to be an Emmy for editing, though. Um, for production. I... When my, dep- I don't, not depression, but when my mood started like seven months ago, eight months ago, I locked myself in my room for the weekend and I watched all five of the Twilight movies yes. in two days. And my buddy texted me to catch it up on me because I was like avoiding phone calls. I was like, I just want to be left alone. My buddy texted me and he's like, how are you? And I was like, well, I'm uh, on Breaking Dawn part two. And he was like, oh that bad that's bad (laughs) he was like i didn't know it was this bad oh my god it was great i secretly love those movies it was actually really fun no they're good it was it was exactly the kind of somber feeling i needed i was like kristen okay to be honest though watching those movies for the first time and especially being anywhere near the colon household in like any shots of the outdoors or even being inside i was like you know what i want to fucking move to washington and live in a cabin with big windows and a dog yeah alone and a vampire (laughs) and a vampire i i agree like that's all i want i just want to move to the pacific northwest (sighs) the sun shit in la i'm over done my favorite month is june because it's my birthday and because uh june gloom i love that i wake up depressed and so is the day yeah, it has been. It's been cold here. In the morning. Even during the days. I like, haven't left my... I never leave my office. High of 72 is not that warm in June. I left my office today to walk to Walgreens, gave a homeless man some food. Nice. And then walked back. That's kind. Yeah. I. You know what? I feel really good about it. I would walk by this dude every fucking day, and he's never asked me for anything. I usually... If you live in LA, you know you don't usually fuck with the homeless people out here because either one, they're aggressive, or two, they're aggressive. And so I usually just, you know, mind my business or whatever. But this one dude I see every day and I've been working there for two years and he's pretty chill and he never says anything. He just sits there just chilling. Mm. And so I walked into Walgreens. I bought myself um, the Keebler elf uh, cheesy crackers with peanut butter in the middle. Ooh. I get them every day because they're 59 cents. And amazing. so I was walking back and I grabbed an extra one and I walked up to him and I was like, yeah, you allergic to peanuts? He's like, what? Like, no one ever talks to him. He just sits there. And he was like, what? And I was like, are you allergic to peanuts? And he was like, penis? No, I'm kidding. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she almost told the story all the way through. I almost made it beautiful. Um, But yeah, he was like, no. And I was like, no? And he's like, yeah. And I handed him to him. And he's like, oh. And I was like, have a good day. He's like, you too. And I was like, friendship. <laughs> I'm friends with And the then I walked man. away. And I was like, so happy. And I was smiling. And I was like, wow, I did something really good. And then I immediately hated myself. And I was like, you selfish bitch what? i was like uh-huh. i did that for me who cares and then i told my coworkers, and they were like no 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 you were you were happy because you saw he was happy and my other coworkers was like you did it so you'd feel good didn't you i was like yeah i did <laughs> jesus like, christ okay. but like okay not to get ethical but i did take a really great ethics 101 class at siu <laughs> like four years ago whoa and a some- great siu class by robert hahn thanks <gasps> man He's good. You know, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know him. And I know he's good. Yeah. He made me buy his book, but it was very good. Um, (laughs) Outliers. No. Walter. (laughs) Objective. Walter. I wish Walter would listen. I bet Walter would have the best things. If we could get Walter Metz on the show. Walter. 
Why don't I say He's going to unpack this for us. He'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Here's why you have problems. You are abandoned. Nate Cage <laughs> has abandoned you. This is why you need his approval. I'm like, oh, man. Nate Cage is my father. <laughs> are you my father? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but basically, like, the whole idea is, like, why does anyone do good things? Is anyone truly selfless? That's kind of hard for me to believe. Yeah. Like... There's an episode of Friends based on that. I know. Banned. Phoebe. Um, <laughs> Phoebe tries to do a selfless good deed and she can't. Oh. And Joey yells at her. <gasps> and it's about Sesame Street. Oh. It's a really good episode. That sounds like a good mix of things, actually. <laughs> Phoebe, Joey, and Sesame Street. It's a power duo? Triple. Trip. Trio. Thruple. Thru- th- oh my God, my Thruple. <laughs> Do you, have a th- do you have a thruple? Third dipple? No. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good. So, so this movie, Never on a Tuesday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot what we were doing here. <laughs> I mean, basically, it was cute. I don't really feel like it's it stands out. It's kind of like a road trip comedy. They yeah. are trying to woo her the whole time and and convert her from lesbianism. But and they play and they play with fun, like where the music video ideas and stuff come into. It's just them constantly between these two boys. One's like a nerdy, cute little dude, and then the other one's like this hot blonde dude. And it just goes back and forth between their fantasies of them with her, even though they know she's a lesbian, is never gonna happen. Yeah, and they. It's so like the fantasies themselves are really creative, and even when he like they're telling ghost stories, like that gets really creative. Oh my god! Yeah, like they fog have... rolls in. Yeah. There's like zombies in the background, like as he's telling the story. It's very animated, so it is like creative and fun. Yeah, it's very fun. I was yeah. just gonna say that. Yeah, but it's honestly like we could recap this movie in like three sentences. We did. All I don't. Time. I don't have what they are, <laughs> but um, maybe you guys can piece it together. I'm about to start another poll on Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that right now. We'll wait right here for you. Um, but yeah, no, it was fun. It was cute. It had the fun cameos. The uh, the acting was ridiculous. Charlie Sheen said two of the most humanly aggressive and amazing sentences I've heard, which is, "Lady." I'd like to drink your bath water. And then also followed up by, <laughs> I used to rape guys like you in prison. Oh, so fucking ridiculous. And both times, Asia was like, oh, and I was like, love him. <laughs> I was like, yes, We have different tastes too. in men. <laughs> yeah, I want ones who will kill me and Al- go to prison for it. Although this is like, this is a really nice movie because it's 1989. It's 1889. It's 1989. <laughs> And it's, like, right on the cusp of the 90s. And you can even hear, like, in in the dialogue that you can hear it's written by, like, a young person who's trying to be more forward-thinking. And there's, oh, like, yeah. it's very, like, woman-led. Yeah, it is. Uh, because, obviously, what's her name? Claudia Christie? It's something like that. Claudia Christian. Cri- Christian. Christian. Claudia Christian. I think so. I'm sorry if that's wrong. But she's great. And she's obviously, like, had a, a pretty okay career because she's done a ton of voice acting and, like, video games and animated shit. And I don't know. It was just – it was nice because she has no problem, like, unapologetically setting them in their place the whole movie. Yeah. And and also, she doesn't really budge at the end. At the end of the movie, she – because they spend the whole time, like, having these fantasies about her and trying to – convert her to heterosexuality if you will yeah and at the end 
she kisses both of them, but it's in that sort of like kind of like I love you is like a friend sort of way. It's like not a romantic kiss. It's like this is my thank you for like becoming my friend. Right. But she does it. But she also does it in front of Emilio Estevez. And who else did you say? Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Um, she said she does it in front of them because everyone keeps seeing these guys alone with her. They're like, you were alone with her this whole night. And like, obviously, she didn't hook up with them, even though they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, wow, how was that? And they're just like objectifying the shit out of her. Yeah. But she decides to kiss them both centrally in front of the tow truck guys, which is Emilio Estevez and Judd Nelson, because she and then she goes, thanks so much for an amazing night so that they can think that these two dorky kids yeah. were able to fuck this like gorgeous woman so she like does it for them yeah for and them. as a thank you and it's just really it's sweet because like between the three of them you know what it is exactly because it makes it makes them look really way cooler than they are yeah <laughs> fucking virgins right see you later virgins yeah one of them like finally admits he's a virgin he's like oh it was a joke <laughs> and they're like yeah okay <laughs> because yeah because then because the whole time she's trying to drive to new york to meet her girlfriend yeah and she still does that at the end. She's yeah. still like, all right, bye, guys. Well, I'm going to go back to being a lesbian, but it was nice. <laughs> it's nice while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I played football with you. Ever wonder why I could throw a spiral? It's because I'm a lesbian. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure the room? that this movie is The Room. No. <laughs> but honestly. Honestly? Honestly. 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 Who's Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's so lame. It's okay. We're I gonna... think I'm funny when I'm not. We're going to bed soon. So yeah, I I mean, last film, Vampire's Kiss, really similar to The Room, at least from what I could tell. Yes. This time around, we got the three trio, baby gals, boys and gals, <laughs> girls and guys. They're throwing the pigskin around in the desert, and the I blonde. Me- I immediately was like, "It's the room," and you're like, "It's Lisa. You're tearing me apart," which is fucking funny because i don't remember why i stumbled upon this but tommy was out is like quoted as saying his two inspirational actors are marlon brando and james dean do you know who else was deeply inspired by james dean nicholas cage and i'm pretty sure he liked marlon brando as well probably because marlon brando was like the first method actor well, and also his obviously his uncle used him a lot. Yeah, makes sense. So they basically they're coming from the same roots. They're coming from the same acting roots. Oh wow, Tommy! Like literally, oh Tommy God. was out and Nicholas Cage are cousins, in spirit. Oh, so not literally. Oh no no. Okay. No one knows where Tommy was out from. <laughs> I don't think he's from this planet. <laughs> he's an alien. One hundred and ten percent. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, shit. We have to do the whole thing. Okay. Write, um, so as far as the 45 second Nick Cage experience of this movie, which is definitely this is why we came here because it's all it's him. It's literally and why we came here. And he's hilarious. Um, what do you what do you rate it? Honestly, it's like 6.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining. It was incredibly entertaining. I Yeah. No, I'm going to go. I, I will go exactly the same as you with that. I was thinking around that. Cool. And as the movie itself. So I was thinking about this during the movie. And I was trying to figure out. I don't know. It was honestly, I had fun. I watched it. I had it. fun too, but I'm trying to think of like from a um, booger fill in my mouth. Um, 
I don't feel like it deserves know. more than a seven. I don't. I was going to give it in the fives. Oh, were you? Yeah, but like a high five. I was thinking like a 5.8 or 9. Okay, I'm I, I'm going to say six then. Okay, I'm going to go with 5.8. Cool. Because I want to I give it a little higher, but it is like almost pointless. No. <laughs> like the it's, movie itself is almost pointless. It's definitely a movie that was made just to be made. Yeah. And I think, what did I, because what did I give Vampire's Kiss? I already forgot. Um, I think you gave it like a 5.3. Yeah, because Sam gave some, it somewhere around there. Yeah, because Sam gave it like a seven, and I gave it like a fucking <laughs> two. He gave it a seven after all the shit he said. Wonderful, Sam. I know you're also not listening because <laughs> no one listens to our fucking podcast. Mm. Except for Michelle McGarry, my brother Sam. Okay, uh, <laughs> so next week what we're watching is Time to Kill. If y'all wanna peruse that, uh, it's a war film. And I'm pretty sure there is some uh, sexual harassment in it. So Wow. Not ideal, but at the same time, definitely it's The ideal. only way I want to watch Nick. So um, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining us this week. And this episode was brought to you by the number 666. And... <gasps> <laughs> 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 me. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, great. This episode has been brought to you by Dr. Scholl's Odorex and Pine Sol. Never use the two or you will get drunk. And not by drunk, I mean there's a chemical reaction. The house will explode and it smells odorless. So have we great- have social media. <laughs> <laughs> we have Twitter. Gene Spod. Jeans. We've got Instagram. Got in sixty seconds. N i c s t y. We got the email. No one emails us. I haven't checked in a while, so I'm not sure. But uh, it's gone in sixty seconds at gmail.com. Please follow us on these social media sites. It's the best way to keep up with us and follow our shenanigans and mm. like and subscribe to the podcast. Or we will hunt you down and do it for you, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Goodbye. I'm. Um, I'm so alone. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye, you wanna end it? Yeah. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>